0: You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Wednesday, January 15th.
1: Feels like spring outside. I'm very confused.
0: You think that's spring?
1: It feels like, it was like 45. (laughs) Okay, sure, that qualifies. (laughs) I got to wear less clothes on the bike today, like less layers. It was great.
0: It was, I didn't bike. You didn't, because I, I never do. Aww, uh, but I did run today, sad. and it was it was a little. It was nice. It was good weather for a run. So it's it spring
1: good. is coming in January or something. I don't know. Speaking of spring, <laughs> conference
0: coming up this spring. Yes. that we're going to share about. We've been sharing about the making disciples for life uh, conferences and resources, and uh, another one coming up. In April, mm-hmm. we just have one here, so we'll recap on that and, uh, and talk about the one coming up in April in just a little bit. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu.
1: Live Uncommon. In studio, in the flesh.
0: Here this morning, uh, the Reverend Robert Zagor, Executive Director for the LCMS Office of National Mission. Bob, thanks so much for joining us this morning. It's really a joy. And the Reverend Dr. Mark Wood, Director of so many things. Uh, Let's see, Witness and Outreach, uh, Revitality, Church. um, What's the word for that? Just
2: make it up. Everybody else seems to. (laughs) All the things. It's like, hey, you. Come over here. We got something else for you to do.
3: (laughs) Thanks for being here this morning. We're changing the name of it to the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way. Instead of revitalization, we want people to know that they can solidly come back for victory.
1: That's yeah, as long, funny. I'm not don't.
3: the Houston Astros. Oh, do, we're do, do you so.
1: not get that football reference? Go sports ball. Andy? Oh man, <laughs> I, mean, I get that football I, I get reference. It. I've
0: seen. I've seen. the yeah, did some
1: you watch news. the game? No, <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. But anyway, <laughs>
0: I had no need of it. Uh, <laughs> speaking of need, uh, we've been talking about making disciples for life. What is the need for such an initiative? What's the need for making disciples for life, Bob?
3: Well, we're a church, and we need to work together fair enough. (laughs) And among the things that people challenge is, or among the challenges that people are facing out there, are that we're really under fire as a church. We're in transformative times. We're going from a place where it was almost the expectation that if you were a good person, you would go to church, to a culture that openly decries it sometimes. And we often... We often face things in the parish as pastors, as lay people, as others that we don't have resources for. We don't know where to turn or we don't have time to generate those. But the church throughout the world has been generating great resources for millennia and what we need to do is take the the collective wisdom of the church in the way that she's answered her problems over the centuries and bring it to bear on the problems that we have today what we 're facing isn 't new in the world, which means that the church has already come back with productive ways of answering these challenges, and we simply need to make sure that everybody has the resources to do it and that that word "life is intentionally ambiguous we The things that the Lord gives us are for our lifetime they create eternal life and we also are advocates for the only life that the world actually has,
1: and I see that there's uh, there's what is this bio- resolutions. We have resolutions in the studio today. This is this is pretty exciting. Serious. I know this yeah. this must is, be official. This is legit stuff. <laughs> uh, what what is the the background? How did this come to be um, as as an initiative? What and and tell me about these resolutions. This is exciting. He's going to
0: read all of them. Well, Please well,
1: read all of them. Let me, let
0: me read all <laughs> the of them. The edition <laughs> of the coffee hour.
2: Well, it. Uh the, there was a resolution at the Tampa Convention at the Senate did pass over overwhelmingly. Bob actually remembers the actual number. I you know. Ooh, by ninety eight percent, ninety eight percent. So, uh, and and that resolution and, I'll, and I will spare you all the details, but <laughs> it it really sets forth uh, how we're going to go about carrying out the seven mission priorities of the LCMS, and it, it focuses on five areas, and it and one is evangelizing the lost, uh, retaining the faithful. Strengthening congregations and schools, uh, planting new schools and, and congregations when, wherever possible, especially in urban and multi-ethnic uh, situations, and then engaging in uh, international mission in partnership with the Office of International Mission. Uh, in other words, you're going to sum it all up, but let's go make disciples. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you talk about the need. Remember, you know, Jesus' last words to his disciples in his, in his earthly presence with us were a uh, Go make disciples of all nations, and it uh, it sounds easy, sounds simple, uh, it's clear enough, but uh, it raises a big question: How do we do that, mm-hmm. and how do we do it in today's context? So as Bob was saying, you know, we're we're facing situation today that's new for us, but it's not new for the church, and uh, we can learn from our history, but more importantly, we can learn from one another. How do we go about this important task of making disciples? In the world as it exists today,: Particularly,
0: you mentioned earlier the, you mentioned earlier, Bob, the, the word "life" being somewhat ambiguous because it, it, it can be viewed in, mm-hmm. in two ways, but for a lifetime. Um, this isn't uh, some flashy new program that's all about uh, what's hip and cool and what's right mm-hmm. now, and that it only lasts for a moment, but this is about uh, making disciples for a lifetime. Is that right?
3: Well, that's right. You American culture today seems to really be about giving giving thrills now and darned the consequences. <laughs> you know, you you've got candy bars in the checkout lines, you've got corporations sacrificing morality for for profits for right now no matter what it means. You've got baseball teams cheating for right now. <laughs> and and that's not what we're that's not what we're about we're about lifetimes the lord's promises last eternally but they also last through our lifetime i think that one of the great miracles that we see is when somebody who was brought to the lord through infant baptism in their 90s is coming up for holy communion in a walker after all they've faced the wars the hardships the sorrows the economic downturns the the abandonment, the the betrayals, their personal sin. And yet here they come, the Lord keeps his promises for a lifetime.
0: Let's walk through some of the objectives. Let's walk through the objectives of making disciples for life.
2: Well the you know any any time we start an initiative you gotta ask, well why? Why are we doing this? What are we hoping to accomplish? And and we do have some pretty clear objectives, even though we expect making disciples for life to continue to evolve and grow, and so we may be certainly expect to add to these objectives. But uh, here at the onset, we're, we're first of all looking to improve synergy. You know, there's a lot of things going on in our synod. People are doing different things in different places, and we're not sure who's doing what. Uh, if we can work together more effectively, we can make better use of the limited resources that we do have. So uh, helping people to work together, that's a, a really key objective. Uh, creating greater awareness of existing resources. There's a lot of resources out there, not just what the Synod produces, but what districts and congregations and recognized service organizations and other entities are, are creating. Let's, let's help people know what's already available. Uh, so, and then uh, identify the things that congregations and ministries need that don't exist and then prioritize how do we how do we go about producing these resources uh you know because there's there's always more need than there are people to get the work done so we have to we have to be smart about prioritizing and then we want to reduce redundancies and cut back on unnecessary repetition (laughs) (laughs) i like your alliteration Uh, because people don't know what is available they often go out and create things and then they're creating things that hey they we'll find out later oh somebody's already done that so by better communication and dialogue and meeting together and talking with one another we can learn about what's already there before we go off and create something that's already been created and then it and that leads to the key objective here and uh, we talk about it, especially in terms of the gatherings that we are planning and that's to listen to learn from support encourage and love one another as we carry out Christ's mission to make disciples. It's a lot of, a lot of
1: working together, Um, a lot of, a lot of trying not to reinvent the wheel. Um, I know when when we're in our, in our own church bodies, in our own congregations, um, it's, it's, it's hard to see, or maybe people just don't know um, how big our church body actually is, and how many um, really uh, smart people have come up with come up with ways to to solve problems or to approach situations. Um, because a lot of us are in the same situations across the country. Um, how will people interact with these? We have these great objectives, um, this this great initiative. But how how is this? How are people going to actually be able to interact with this initiative?
3: well one of the first one of the first ways just happened we had conference 0 our first try <laughs> at, at these making disciples for life regional conferences and the goal is to transform the way that we teach transform the way that we share information together a big part of these conferences was that we had we had subject matter experts, church leaders, the president of synod, and, and many of the officers of synod sitting at tables talking to the conference participants about the subjects that they wanted to bring up, that they wanted to know about. And this was, so far, the most highly evaluated portion of it. I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but... The idea is that we're making ourselves accessible to one another. We also have learned through studying it that the typical way of doing of doing continuing education hasn't had much impact. Harvard University did a study about medical doctors and their continuing education, and the title of the study was "Doctors don't get better oh good <laughs> <laughs> and, that's reassuring and they they made a, they made a bunch of they made a bunch of recommendations about how you can improve continuing education, and we 've incorporated a lot of those in the Making disciples for Life in the Making disciples for Life conferences but as we look at it, it really comes down to this: people have to be interactive, they have to be involved in what they 're doing they can 't just get an information dump, and so we need them to be participants and that 's what these conferences emphasize. Um, Development partners were testing out good ideas and congregations and getting feedback about how they how they work, how they helped. It, think of it sort of as a resource evaluation like on Amazon, how many <laughs> stars does this get? And then you've got the the reviewers down below who have tested it out and they say what their experience has been. And then we've got the Internet Resource Center, which is different than a normal website because it's driven by artificial intelligence. It Provides the resources, leads you to the resources, and if you can't find what you're looking for, there's a little button in the corner that connects you to the Church Information Center where real live people mm-hmm. talk to you using their voices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't know the answer, they'll hook you up with one of our subject matter experts.
0: We're talking about making disciples for life with Pastor Bob Zagor and Dr. Mark Wood. We'll be back in just a moment and uh, do a recap of the recent uh, conference here in St. Louis. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Goldseth. <laughs>
4: Mark Hawkinson, host of Moments of Assurance, Jesus said, if anyone enters by me... He shall be saved. You can help us continue to get that message out around the globe while there's still time. One way is to become a church or organization of the week. For a gift of just $595, your church will receive 35 30-second announcements during the week of your choice, identifying your church, as well as upcoming events and happenings. And your pastor or a representative from your church, they may record those announcements, or we can produce them ourselves either way. In addition, your pastor or representative will have the Opportunity To be on one of KFUO's programs. It's a wonderful way to expand your mission outreach and to help KFUO Radio to do the same. For further information, call me, Mark, at 314 996 1520 or mark.hawkinson at kfuo.org. Hi, I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson. You know, life is a potpourri of good experiences and really tough challenges. Through all those times you need, and so do I, the Lord's precious word and sacred music to get you through. That's what you get when you tune in to Moments of Assurance, Christ-centered songs, scripture, news items, trivia, humor, you name it. So tune in. You'll be richer for it over the noontime hour here on Worldwide KFUO. Moments of Assurance is underwritten by Mid-American coaches. It's time for the next Law and Gospel broadcast on Wednesday to be a Bible study Wednesday. Gives an opportunity for congregations to listen in for about a half hour and then talk about what we have to say. And we have a very interesting topic to discuss on the next Law and Gospel. Listen to Law and Gospel weekday mornings beginning at 9.30 on KFUO. (laughs)
0: Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Wednesday, January 15th, and we are talking about making disciples for life. Uh, a great initiative of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod uh, started with a resolution at the recent, most recent LCMS convention in Tampa. And what does this mean? A favorite <laughs> Lutheran question. What does this mean? Uh, talking about how this uh, is a, a, an initiative, an emphasis on truly uh, collaborating to make disciples for life for a lifetime mm-hmm. uh, and so most recently I uh, had a conference here in St. Louis conference zero uh, <laughs> we're talking with the uh, the Reverend Bob Zagora and the Reverend Dr. Mark Wood of the LCMS Office of National Mission alright Mark why was this conference zero
2: well uh, because that, that number wasn't taken <laughs> 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 it, it's uh, it was a way of informing people that th- this is not something that's been cast in stone uh, we have we didn't come at this like here. We know how to do conferences. We know how to do these kind of things, and, and we're going to do it. And you're going to come, and you're going to sit, and you're going to listen to us. By billing it as conference zero right out of the shoot, we are saying, look, we're trying to find our way through doing things in a new way. We want to create an altogether new kind of conference where you don't just sit and get information dumps, but you participate. That you sit around the table with people who. Uh, who have the same concerns you do, have the same interest you do, have information to share, have ideas to share. And, and, um, and, and we really wanted it to be a conference that lay people would bring their pastors to. So by, by calling a conference zero, uh, we were, were conveying a message, this is something different. And, and also, it's not done. It's, it's taking shape as we do it. So come help us shape it. Come help us make it what you want it to be. It's like the pilot
1: episodes. <laughs> Wait till it airs to see what's going to happen. That's right. Uh, but but when all these people were in the building, there was there was quite a buzz uh, in in the building those few days that people were here.
3: It was pretty spectacular. We didn't know what we were going to get. We had backup plans for filling the building if we needed to. And we Just wanted to make sure that people came. Some extras on standby. <laughs> it was. It was. It was funny, though, because before we even got the website completely ready to go to register people, we had half of the conference filled. And as soon as the website went up, we we filled up that next week. It was something that the church was waiting for. We could have had an entirely different conference with just the people that we that we turned away or that were on the wait list Mm -hmm. we had we had so much desire to be a part of this within the synod, which i think talks about the realization that everybody has that we need to be working together we need to be doing these things that making disciples for life stands for and we we need to help each other do it it was also not just high energy but high excitement high happiness Uh, people were so happy at this conference that it was i had to check to make sure they were
2: really lutherans (laughs) (laughs) you said said excitement emotions were excited
1: we have another series about excitement (laughs) and anyway uh (laughs) But yeah, I mean, there was all this excitement, all of this knowledge sharing, um, and and I think when when people get together and share knowledge in person, it's such a different experience than um, than than googling something um, and hoping you get the right mm-hmm. answer. Actually, being able to have conversations with people and and know that the people that that are here that are presenting that are leading these table talks uh, are subject matter experts. They've been through it. They've done these things, um, and and they're able to share their knowledge in a way that. That you may not be able to get in other places. Uh, what, what what what's the feedback? Is there feedback from participants? What are people What are people saying about this?
2: Oh yeah, there's been a lot of feedback. A lot of feedback during the conference. I think the thing I heard most often was, "Wow, I didn't know we had that. <laughs> uh, I didn't know about that. This is great. Uh, how do I get this?" And uh, so, people, creating awareness of existing resources was right at the top of the you know the list of things that people were taking away. Uh, But the other feedback where people were people were sharing, and they were just they were saying, "Wow, people are actually listening to me," Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is great. I mean, that's that's one of the things we really were aiming to do is convey the message because sometimes you just hear that it's like part Mm of they're like, "Oh yeah, we're going to really listen to you." We actually really did listen to people, (laughs) and they they seemed surprised, and then excited, and then uh, glad to share.
3: In one of my sessions. We had scribes taking down what happened in every session, the resources people wanted and the kinds of comments they were making and the interaction that we had. And I had some, after I introduced the scribe in one of my sessions, guy looked at me and he said, you really are serious about listening. (laughs) Imagine that. So what are, what did we learn? What are some of the
0: things we learned, especially in the the tabletop sessions where they were intent on listening?
2: and we were talking about this yesterday in our uh in our directors meeting uh and we have learned quite a bit uh you know a couple things that we have taken away is uh we need to spend more time talking we need to you know uh, actually probably narrow the topics down so that we can get more in depth on some of these things uh and um we've learned that there's value in in doing this there's not just making people feel good but actually learning from one another has a tremendous amount of value. And then providing the opportunities for people just to interact outside of the tabletops was very valuable, too. We weren't sure. We actually planned long breaks uh, in between sessions to give people time to talk to one another. And we kind of st- stood back and watched and say, is this going to work? And uh, we saw that it did. So it's like extended coffee hours at
1: church
3: it is <laughs> it is or like this show <laughs>
1: hey <laughs> what was some of the some of the feedback some of the things that you heard pastors
3: well mark what mark said certainly was some of it um we had i asked everybody and i think i talked to all of the participants from outside the building at one point or another during the conference and i asked everybody why did you sign up and they said I wanted to see if the leaders of Synod really were listening, really cared, and I wanted to meet them <laughs> and the the after conference evaluations from some of the same people were this was great, I can't believe they care. I felt like we were all alone, like nobody was paying attention, and so it it's it's more than caring we want legitimate solutions we want to really work together we want to change the culture of senate to one of collaboration and to get rid of some of the element of competition that we have living among us and this i think was a great first step in learning that we really do care about one another what jesus said about loving one another really is true here
1: <laughs> that's good <laughs> so this this was conference zero does that mean there is a conference uh one i guess double, is, zero. double
2: zero double <laughs> zero zero point one
1: <laughs> <laughs> what's what what is next
2: next is conference one
1: <laughs> okay.
2: uh, so we we've Conference Zero was a great learning experience. Uh, it, it was a wonderful start, and and now we want to take it and let it become larger. We were, it was very limited. The number of people could come here and be part of this. We want to make it more available, uh, so more people can participate. I don't think we'll ever stop learning how to do this better, and we'll continue to you know evolve it and. Well, now I've said synergy and evolve in the same <laughs> uh, show. I mean, I'm going to get oh, You're man. up on really
3: charges already. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to do it <laughs> myself. Right, so, uh,
2: but the, the conference is going to keep growing and changing to meet the, the needs of the people who are attending. And so our, our first conference won uh, the official launch of MDFL conferences and gatherings. Uh, it's going to be in Fort Wayne, Indiana at the Concordia Theological Seminary Campus in april 16th through 18th and uh and we're really excited about uh going out there in in to fort wayne and and uh engaging with even more people and having these conversations uh expand
0: so what can we expect and at the uh, the fort wayne conference here here at conference zero we had about uh around 100 attendees is that
3: right we had one hundred and sixty-two people total, mm. and at, in Fort Wayne, I think we're probably going to try to cap the attendance at around three hundred. We had we had what we called Day Zero here, where we had the leaders of Synod talk about what they learned. The Day Zero for this conference will be some of the ministry events we're going to have. The disaster relief folks talking about what they do. The, the specialized pastoral ministry chaplains and other folks that do specialized pastoral ministry are going to hold their conference there. And as long as we have a life director by then, we're going to have we're going to have some elements of our life conference there as well. And so that's going to start it off. And then we're going to start these tabletops again and these information sessions where people interact with with each other in order to really elevate and learn the great things that are going on within the individual congregations, some of the solutions that they have to our mutual problems and I'm really excited. How do we, how do we
0: register for the conference number one in Fort Wayne?
3: <laughs> you can't do it yet, but you can do it next week oh with, boy. Uh, online at LCMS.org
0: very good so next week check out lcms.org look for the making disciples for life banner on the page and you can register for the conference there and uh, make your plans to travel to fort wayne indiana or if you live in fort wayne in the surrounding area uh to uh to be a part of the making disciples for life conference
2: and don't forget that you know this this is not just for pastors it's not for the professional church workers it, they're certainly welcome to come we want Especially our lay mm-hmm. people to come to these and, and bring your pastor, right. uh, because making disciples for life is a call for the whole church. Uh, when Jesus calls us to make disciples, and, and so the uh, the you know the members of the royal priesthood have opportunity to come together and and learn and grow and share in this in this loving and important work.
0: Reverend Dr. Mark Wood, the Reverend Bob Zagor, thank you so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today.
2: Thank you. Well, great to be here. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth. Papa.